Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pet Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2NURFM 103.7. Hello, hello. Yes, we're back. A big welcome to you, Cheryl Shaw. Have we got a lot happening today? We certainly do. We're going to be talking about massage for your dog today. Oh, that sounds nice for me. And Dr Kimberly L, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And what's our topic today? We might be talking about how to keep your dog safe in the dog parks around. Now, Cheryl Shaw, we're talking about massage today for our puppies. Should I be, you know, taking them to a parlour? Or is this at home yourself? You can do a bit of a massage on your dog. No, you can do it at home yourself, Sarah. Oh. I'm actually a canine masseuse and a canine myofunctional therapist. But anybody can oh. do some massage at home on their dogs. And it's quite simple. It's um, a great bonding thing too with your dog. If you're sort of sitting there or laying there with your dog and you're rubbing them, it's a really nice feeling. So it um, doesn't require any equipment either. Just some nice little warm space in your home and some loving hands. And your dog will really love it. The practice of massage goes back centuries. It's been around for a long time. It actually comes from the Greek word masso, which means kneading. So if you think about mm, the, the kneading of the hands. That's it, yeah. And massage skin. benefits dogs so much. It just, it's the same way as it benefits humans. It is a complementary therapy um, and it's, it, it's both for healthy dogs and those dogs that aren't quite so active. So, you know, those ones are a little bit sedentary. Uh, massage has great benefits because it increases the circulation of the dog, which in turn helps with healing and maintaining the strength, the core strength of the muscles um, and that tone of the muscles. And it also helps with flexibility, so helping those dogs that, as I said, are a little bit sedentary. And maybe arthritic as well? Yes, yes, certainly. The um, other thing is it helps to loosen muscles and it aids in that blood flow. So again, with those dogs, like you're saying, with the arthritic dogs, it can really help. It also loosens up scar tissue and um, and tight tendons so for those dogs that you know do need a bit of help some light massage is wonderful but we do need to be careful that um, before you start massaging if you've got a dog that's got an underlying health issue it's really important that you go along and see your vet before you start massaging because we certainly don't want to do something that's going to be you know sort of detrimental to the dog's mm. health but once your vets check the dog just ask is it suitable is there no contraindicators for using massage and you'll find that you know sometimes your vets are very helpful they'll say yes massage this area or avoid this but it's just making sure that you're doing it along the right way I must say, um, Sean, my husband, massages Giz a lot just when oh. he's sitting in front of the lounge and yes. Giz comes and he loves it around the, the lower back and the rump area. He just thinks it's fantastic and the little he head goes up and the tongue comes out and it does look nice. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, some dogs even fall asleep when you're massaging them and they really do relax. It's quite nice Can to you watch. massage the tummy area? Because we normally just focus on the back area of Gizmo, like just, you know, down, down his back rather than on his tummy. Yeah, I would probably avoid the tummy area, just mm. ma making sure that you're doing those large muscle areas. That will help with the dog. Um, and pr when you practice, the more you practice on your dog, you get better and better at it. And the dog sort of will often nuzzle up to you just to get that extra little bit of stroke. It really does bring that, as I was saying before, that bond between the two of you closer and closer. My new puppy, who's almost one... I was going to say, do you massage yeah, Avalon? he loves it. He absolutely loves it. He's become quite, you know, oh, I'm on the lounge, so I'll come and lay next to you just so I get a bit of extra rubbing. It's it's quite a nice thing. And it has so many benefits. Like I was saying, it's it's not only is it pleasurable for the dog, but it's also pleasurable for you. And um, it just does bring you closer together. So touch is important in all animals. So, you know, 
know, that touching and just, you know, even if you're not doing it 100% right, um, just putting your hands on and, you know, doing some light rubbing, some long stroking um, and on those larger muscles, it's really a good thing to do. Okay. But check with your vet always. I think, Kimberly, mm. you would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. There, um, There's not that many contraindications, but there certainly would be things. So particularly things like um, there'd be some lumps and bumps that dogs get that might be cancerous and mm. massaging around them actually can inflame them and mm-hmm. actually lead to a worsening of the condition or spread of the cancer. Um, but we certainly do recommend for, for lots of our patients that have um, arthritis or um, who are recovering from um, certain types of orthopedic surgeries, um, we always recommend passive range of motion exercises and that in combination with exer- uh, with like sort of massaging those those muscle groups to keep things going. Um, we we rarely these days want a, a dog who's recuperating from a soft tissue injury or a, or a um, orthopedic injury to be totally sedentary. We don't want them to be moving around, but we want those joints still moving and the muscles still moving so that's quite good because yeah. that when you're massaging it's actually bringing um fresh blood oxygenated blood yep. to that area that site that has had the injury sure, yeah. so it's helping to you know help the healing cheryl because you have all these amazing qualifications to massage your mm-hmm. your animals mm-hmm. does that transfer to humans do you mm. massage the husband <laughs> at home do you know you no, know no no I'm such a dog person. You are, aren't you? So, so <laughs> Hubby's on the other end of the lounge looking at you as if to say, I've got a sore back and here's yeah, Avalon. Here's Avalon, Avalon getting number all the one, attention. Number one. <laughs> That is so funny. So, look, if you're at home tonight, maybe you're at home right now, um, I guess you can do this with your kitty cats as well. They always love a good... Yeah, but some cats, it's that three-touch pat stroke thing, you know. they bite. I've got two strokes happening and now I'm going to grab you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I would say, too, with that, with cats, um, there are lots of cats who, you know, they come up to you, they think they want to have a pat, um, and they're the ones who, if you get to the sore spot, they may not appreciate it and they may show you that they're... So they'll go from being very happy to, oh, you've just hit the sore spot in my back and now... I'm going to um, latch on or give you a scratch or a hiss or something like that. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, lots of cats would enjoy it, but you just need to be a bit careful. Yeah. Those rag dolls, they tend to like it. They but, do, um, yes. But, you know, some of your, your orientals are just going to swipe you. Yeah. <laughs> And definitely steer clear of the belly in those cases. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, well, some good advice there, Cheryl. We are talking pet chat and we would love to hear from you. 49216216. I believe that this is the last Wednesday of the month, so we need to pick a dirty dog today. Dirty dogs. And there's been so much rain and mud that we should see lots of dirty pooches. Uh, And, of course, you can enter by heading to 2NURFM.com. Click on more and then click on dirty dog. And you do win a spa pamper package for your dog if you're our winner. So we will announce the winner very, very shortly. And look, if you think it's too late, no, it's not because we do it every month. So make sure you get your entries in. And of course, a little later on as well, we'll look at our dog of the week. Hello, Leslie in Warners Bay. You've got a poodle. Oh, hello, Charlie. Yes, darling, she's a 10-year-old that sleeps on my bed and throughout the night she sort of starts dry reaching and then when she dry reaches she brings up this white sticky fluid type mm-hmm. glue substance and then chews it I'm sorry viewers <laughs> and then she swallows and then she swallows it again yeah so it's like a like a bit of a frothy phlegmy sort of stuff is it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and she's eating it back up again. Is it? Do you think yeah. it's co- it's coughing? Do you think that's starting it? Lots of little old dogs will will um, develop a cough, and sometimes their coughing fit is so bad that it then you know causes them to retch some stuff up. 
Um, that's what I would always be, you know, concerned about is whether or not she's she's coughing, having a coughing fit that's then, you know, forcing her to bring bring stuff up again. Um, no, sweetie, no, no. She's fast asleep. So am I fast asleep. Having wonderful dreams, and mm-hmm. the next minute, oh, okay, oh. and it's more of a wretch. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Then it starts, and yeah. then I tried. I get up out of bed trying to. To, to catch what she's bringing up with mm-hmm. the tissue, but no, she chews it and she swallows it oh, and down again. Yeah, okay. Oh, I know, in the middle yeah. of the night. So it's a it's a bit of a tricky one because I guess we need to work out what it is she's bringing up or why she's having it at that time of day. It may be related to, um, you know, her um, what she's eating. Things aren't passing through very well. Um, maybe that she's developed a bit of a sensitive stomach. So it's worthwhile having a, a visit and a chat with your vet and getting some yeah, yeah. Um, okay. you know, some, some general testing and things done to rule out some of the easy things and then you can decide whether you go for some of the more complicated um, testing things. I guess in an older dog, we're always worried about sort of chronic age conditions, inflammatory bowel disease as a possibility. Sometimes we see dogs with um, growths or, or tumours or cancers inside the abdomen um, affecting the gastrointestinal tract so things don't empty out of the stomach as well as they could be um yeah. i was asking about coughing because we see dynamic airway disease which is uh, we used to call it collapsing trachea syndrome in little dogs and and quite often those dogs will do a lot of coughing and and sometimes the coughing fits are so powerful that it causes them to um to have a bit of a spew um yeah. uh, and then also getting her heart checked out because certainly um you know heart disease in some of these dogs will will cause a little bit of that bringing up fr- phlegm and froth so um doesn't sound like it's yellowy bile stuff but still probably no, worth while getting her yeah getting her checked out and just um yeah, yeah. you know have a discussion let them have a look at at uh, her diet and assess her diet and things like that as well Oh, thank you, lovely. Okay, no thank worries. you, Charlie. Good luck, Kaisley. Okay. We're feeling for you, and we hope you get some answers. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Oh, it's, it's a worry, isn't it, when they get older? It is, Our yeah. animals, it's yeah. always something. And our dog this week is Taco. Now, Taco is a Mastiff cross, and apparently she is a dream to be around. She's extremely sweet and lovable, and apparently from the second you meet her, it's very obvious. Uh, she loves cuddles, and <laughs> there's a photo of her getting a big smooch here. Uh, if you head to 2NURFM.com and click on more and Dog of the Week, you'll see her getting a smooch and she does look like she just loves it. Um, she's a very smart girl. She's happy to sleep inside or out, but she prefers in. Well, who doesn't? Because she loves being around people. Um, she currently sleeps inside and is toilet trained. She will need a secure yard. She's a big girl. She also loves playing fetch. So if you're happy to throw, she is more than happy to fetch. Um, she has great recall and will come back when called and she's great to walk on a lead so she sounds like she's pretty well trained and she's a she's a gorgeous girl if you'd like to meet taco then please head to 2nurfm.com to get all of those details and there's a little video of her doing some um, running and some stuff too so she's quite cute so go check that out if you're in the market for a dog now dr kimberly earl we're looking at um dog park safety obviously mm. there's the big park that's opened up at um spears, spears point. point and every time i was driving past again on the weekend it's packed. it's packed it's busy yeah. yeah so i think um you know initiatives like the dog park are really really good and we've got lots of um dog uh, suitable beaches around newcastle area as well um but there's a few things that 
pet owners really should be keeping in mind when they're taking their dogs out to some of these places. So for the majority of dogs, they're going to go and they're going to have a really good time. Um, they're going to get lots of exercise. They're going to get some good socialization. But there are a few dangers and things to be aware of as well. And, and certainly in the last few weeks since the um, Spears Point Park has opened, um, the number of cases of canine cough that we've been seeing has skyrocketed. Oh, has um, it? So if you're planning to take your dog out to any dog you know, dog um, communal area. Um, please, 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 please make sure your dog is up to date on all their vaccinations. So, um, obviously, Good the point. big ones that we want to um, have people protected against is parvo distemper hepatitis. That's mm. your standard C3 vaccination. Um, but canine cough or kennel cough, is, um, it's often called is quite important as well. Um, and kennel cough doesn't kill dogs. It, it hardly ever will kill a dog. Maybe a tiny little puppy that gets it or an, an old geriatric dog. But it can cause a cough in these guys and upper respiratory tract infection that can last for weeks and weeks and can take a real toll on mm, the dog. It's dogs. not nice for It's them. also very contagious. So your dog can come in contact with it from a single nose-to-nose -nose contact with another dog or using a shared water bowl at a dog park or a communal area. Um, you know, just a little bit of playing here and there. I've had dogs who, um, patients who have got it um, through the fence line of their of their house. So somebody walks their dog by or somebody else's dog comes by and the dogs have a nice little friendly greeting through the fence. Let's share a little bit of dog saliva, mm. um, a little bit of nose contact. Uh, and three to five days later, their dog's showing signs of kennel cough. Wow. Um, so it is really contagious. Now, like I said, it's not life-threatening, but... Um, if your dog is showing signs like that, please don't take them back to the park um, and please, you know, make sure that they're vaccinated. The, the vaccine's not 100% perfect, but it's a lot better. So if your dog's vaccinated and comes in contact with kennel cough, you might still get a, a bit of coughing, but it's probably only going to last five to seven days. So, Kimberly, is this something we need to do annually? Because I've heard yeah. people say, look, they last longer than yeah. 12 months. You sure. can get two to three years out of it for an older dog. But is it every 12 months yeah. we need to be getting our vaccinations for, for our dogs? Canine cough absolutely so canine cough is a completely different creature to the standard c3 vaccination mm -hmm. so most vets not all but most vets these days would be using a c3 vaccination on a triennial basis for adult dogs so after they've done their puppy series and had their first adult booster most dogs will be getting vaccinated with their c3 on an every three-year basis oh okay but canine cough vaccination is markedly different um, comes in a number of different forms um, some people get it like some dogs get it via injection some get it um, via an intranasal vaccine some get it as an oral vaccine uh, but canine cough is, is partially viral and partially um, bacterial and the bacterial component doesn't have a very long lasting effect at all so um, canine cough absolutely we want to be doing it every 12 months and even if sometimes in the face of an outbreak we'll do it um, every nine months for some dogs so if, okay. they're, at, if they're at risk so um, definitely worthwhile doing that one on an annual basis um, so the other things to be thinking about if you're taking your dogs to some of these great communal areas that, um, that our councils have opened up for us um, worms and fleas please 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 make sure your dogs are on an annual not an annual a three monthly worming <laughs> yeah. schedule um, because worm you know most people are doing the right thing hopefully and picking up the dog poo um, but your dogs are much more likely in those high density areas um, even if you do pick up the dog poo the worm eggs can still be in the soil and you know all dogs love to go and they'll have a little sniff and a lick where there used to be a dog poo even if there isn't a oh, dog poo it. there right so gross. and that's how they're going to pick up worm eggs okay yeah. um, obviously fleas and ticks ticks aren't really considered to be transmissible that easily dog to dog um, they're going to be more coming out you know dogs going through bush and, and scrubland and that sort of thing but dog to dog is possible but fleas absolutely so let's get your dog covered but by the time you see fleas you might say my dog doesn't have fleas but by the time you're noticing the fleas on the dog you've already got a massive 
massive infestation in your house and in your yard. We always say to people that the fleas that are on the dog is only 5% of the flea population in that dog's home environment. So wow. if you count five fleas on your dog, there's 95 more fleas in its how in its home, in your home, in its bed, in its yard that you haven't even you know, and in one form or another, eggs and larvae and pupae and those sorts of things. So um, you've already got a big problem by the time you can see fleas on them. So let's just we've got great medications out these days that are really effective, really safe, not that expensive. Um, make sure your dog is covered for worms, fleas, and ticks, um, and vaccinations before you take them out to the park. The other thing is desexing. So we've also had a few instances recently where dogs have gone, um, entire dogs have gone to the dog park and guess what? They get into some trouble. Um, So please, if you have an entire female dog, do not take them to a communal dog park if they are on heat. It's a really bad plan. Your dog will probably be fine, although she might be very stressed with all the boys following her. But um, it's quite dangerous for for the other communal boys that are there that are going to get into trouble because they're all trying to compete for her attention. Um, If you have an entire male dog, please be aware that your dog is a target. He might be the loveliest boy on the planet. He might have no behavioral issues, but you can't guarantee that everybody's dog is like that. And just being an entire male, those pheromones that he gives off, the extra testosterone, those dogs know, and it makes him a target. So Mm, if somebody happens to have a dog that's not very well socialized or is feeling threatened by another entire male, your dog is a target just by being an entire male dog. It's one of the main reasons that I encourage people um, to desex male dogs. They might not be problem dogs, but if you're not planning on breeding them, please think about desexing them because they are really at an increased risk of dog fight wounds, you know, those sorts of things. So it's really worthwhile. Some really good vi- advice, Dr. Kimberly, mm-hmm. and I've just started making notes while you're talking <laughs> worm and flea gears. I think yeah. we're past our due date, so I've just added to my to-do list. Neville in Tukley, have you got a question about your corgi for Dr. Kimberly Earl? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, he's a seven-year-old corgi. But over the last 12 months, he's been coming out in these skin patches on, on his back, around his back area, not underneath or anything, and mm-hmm. they kind of form a little ring of, of scabs. Yep. And then they, they found out, well, I've had antibiotics, antibiotics, and antibiotics for the last seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a bit frustrated with him because I checked in this morning and I've changed yep. his diet. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's still getting them. Yeah, okay. When he's on the antibiotics, do the do the lesions go away? After after about about two or three weeks, they start to clear up. Yeah, but okay. then 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 a month's time, they're all back again. But in the same area down the down his back. Yeah, nowhere else. Around the base of his tail and things too. Uh, from the from the tail up to to his neck. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, he's obviously got obviously got a bit of a um, chronic skin issue. A lot of these little dogs will be um, related to an underlying allergic condition. So unfortunately, it's likely that you're going to have to manage this for him going into the future, rather than to you know necessarily expect a cure for it. Um, when we have lesions on the back like that, the thing, the first thing that I always, always, always think about would be to make sure you've got really exquisite flea control on him. Okay, yeah, flea, 
flea allergy dermatitis is the most common cause of allergic skin disease in Australia in dogs. Um, and even if you don't ever see a flea on him, it's not that he's itchy because of a flea infestation. It's that he's developed potentially an allergy to the saliva of the flea. And unfortunately, fleas actually have a pretty nasty little saliva. So a single flea bite, um, even if he doesn't have fleas on him, but a single flea bite can set his skin off for two to three weeks after that and might make him more susceptible to infection. So we want to be making sure that we're using one of the really good newer generation products that will pretty well eliminate um, the flea bites, that he won't actually get a flea bite. That's a really important sort of thing. Um, I think hopefully your vet that you've spoken to has um, recommended a food trial for him. So food allergy dermatitis is another reason that we see these sorts of recurrent issues. And often it's a protein source in the food. So lots of dogs will react to chicken or beef or those sorts of things. And so we would always recommend in our practice doing a food trial with either a hypoallergenic prescription um, level diet, which is the easy way to go, um, where for a, an 8 to 12 week period of time you feed them nothing, zip, zilt, nothing, no bones, no traits know nothing other than this hypoallergenic food to see if we can settle the inflammation down in the skin and if we get that um, happening where we've got nice healthy skin after that then we can challenge them with some of their um, old food products and see if they react and it's a little bit like a person with a peanut allergy it's not about it's not about volume it's about access at all so even the tiniest morsel if he is allergic to something in his diet even the tiniest morsel will cause him to react so I would certainly recommend looking at um, at something like that and hopefully your vets recommended something like that um, we did have a dermatologist around and um, Dr. Danny used to be around. She's on maternity leave at the moment. Um, but there are, um, you know, sort of facilities for um, getting a dermatologist to have a look at him because occasionally we see dogs with some other weird and wonderful thing that's a little bit harder to um, to diagnose. Um, lots, of, lots of these guys, though, will rely heavily on things like... Um, antihistamines and and some of the anti-itching medications and and certainly intermittent courses of antibiotics is um is not an uncommon uh situation that they'll need that so you know i think have it have a discussion with your with your vet about working him up for um allergic skin disease um some of them are are really hard i mean the the most common aside from fleas is something we called atopic dermatitis and that's similar to uh, hay fever in humans so he might be reacting to a pollen or a grass or something in the environment and not necessarily that it's touching him but that he's inhaling the you know the spores or the um, the allergens off of those things and they're reacting in his skin dogs they don't get the hay fever respiratory symptoms but it does come out in their skin I've recently had one of my patients come back as being um, he's allergic to dust mites mold mice paspalum grasses and some other weird Australian plant oh. that I hadn't heard of before um, that's called a gum tree. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, kidding, Kimberly. So, yeah, it, it, they're frustrating conditions. Unfortunately, Neville, you've, you've, you know, your dog's, I'm sure, a lovely little fella, but they are really frustrating conditions. And I guess I always start with managing client expectations because there's a very good chance we're not going to cure a lot of these dogs and we're going to have to manage their flare-ups as best as we can. Yeah, just a question, um the uh, the vet has changed him from uh, Black Hawk, which my daughter uses too, on his on, the, on his little brother. But he's all right. Mm -hmm. But um, he suggested uh, kangaroo meat and mashed potatoes. Absolutely, yeah. Like try it for a month yep. now. Um, is it necessary to cook the kangaroo meat or? 
Uh, it's not necessary. Some dogs, their tummies would prefer it. So there are some dogs, my um, my dog wouldn't tolerate a raw meat diet. Um, no. Anything I'd give her, it would have to be cooked. So if your dog tolerates it, then great. Otherwise, I would just say, you know, you can boil it or fry it, um, low-fat fry it, No, not a lot of oil. Um, <laughs> just, you know, cook it because it, it can be a bit easier on their on their tracts. All right. He's enjoying it, actually. He's, he's really enjoying the mashed potatoes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> good. yeah. He must be a good cook, Neville. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like your vet's yeah, on I the right track. So. Yeah, I, I brought the little corgi for my wife, and uh, she passed away four years ago. So oh, he was sorry to hear that. After, but anyway, thank you for your time this morning. You're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Neville, and good luck with your dog there, and hopefully you can find some sort of relief. Now, Cheryl Shaw, it's time to announce our monthly winner of our Dirty Dogs. Our Dirty Dogs. Look, this is a really beautiful puppy. He um, has some photos of before and after, and his feet are muddy as ever, <laughs> and the little guy's name is Edgar. Oh, I like that, Edgar. So Edgar. he's been out in the mud, and he's a yeah. bit filthy. He is. <gasps> so he's won a spa pamper package. <gasps> Can't wait to get dog hands on him. <laughs> How wonderful. Oh, congratulations, Edgar. Yeah, I know Edgar. you can't understand what I'm saying, but you're in for a real treat. You're in for a bath and a makeover, Edgar. You're going to look gorgeous. <laughs> now, don't forget, we do this every month. It's all thanks to Dog Overboard. We do, um, you know, pamper your pooch. Cheryl and the team get in and make them look beautiful. So, look, if you've got any photos of your dog, send them into to 2NURFM.com. We will have photos of Edgar up as well by tomorrow, so you can check him out. Now, look... Oh, I was about to say, I think we've got time for one more call, but, you know, Gordon from Carrington's ditched us. Oh. Ah, see you, Gordon. So, yeah, he's gone. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's left us hanging now. I even put a shorter song in for you, Gordon, just so we could take your call. Mm. Now we've got a minute 30 to chat, to ladies. To chat about. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of rain, so I think we're going to get a lot of dirty dogs. Mm. Oh, I've seen yeah. some dirty dogs this week. For mm. sure. Mm. Now, here's a question because Gizmo goes outside in, and we haven't landscaped yet, and he comes in with the muddy paws. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm hating it because of, mm. you know, for aesthetic purposes for mm -hmm. him and the house. But I make sure I really wash it out because can that mud get cakey in between their paws mm. and cause them a lot of issues? Because I've noticed he's gnawing on his paws a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, it can irritate them, that's for sure. But mm. um, sometimes there can be bacteria there too, can't they? Kimberly? Yeah, absolutely. So, in this type of weather, when their feet are constantly wet, even if if it's not muddy, uh, muddy um, the bacteria like warm, moist places, and that's you know describes dogs' feet to a T. So I think towel drying them off really well. Um, if the dog's constantly licking at them and it's not full of hair and dirt, so I mean that's the first thing. Take care of the hair and dirt that's there. Yeah, but yeah. if it's not full of hair and dirt, um, the dog's licking at it, particularly if they've got any smell or any red discoloration, get them into your vet, and they might need some antibiotics to help fix up that um, infection on the feet. Okay, some mm. good tips there because yeah. I was wondering whether it was causing a bit of an issue. Yeah, so it can, for sure. On to yeah. Cheryl Shaw, it has been lovely to see you as always. Thank Dr. You. Kimberly Earl, thank you for thank your you. advice and your tips along the way. It's Pet Chat and, of course, we are back again next week.